0: Please be aware, if you have children in the room, this sermon will contain mature content. What's up, Victory family? Hey, guys. Hey, let's welcome Victory Hamilton Mill, Victory Midtown, who's joining us. Hey, we also got people from Czech Republic, Chile, and Zimbabwe who are joining us online. What's up, everybody? And uh, the rest of our Norcross family who's online as well. So, hey, if you haven't guessed it already, we are in part two of the series that we're calling Explicit, where we are talking about sex in church. Now, I know that surprised some of you. So you're like, we picked the wrong church, Martha. Like you're already, you're already bugging out a little bit, okay? Um, here's what we decided though, right? Is that we talk about sex everywhere else. We might as well talk about it in the one place where we can get real answers and real truth from a real God, all right, so we're spending like, like the whole month talking about sex, and yes, we are doing it in church to get God's perspective on this thing, because you and I both know that not all is well in the world when it comes to sex. And so uh, th- this week's statistics, let's take a, a look at this week's statistics. Um, uh, top center right there, 40 million Americans say they regularly visit porn sites, those are the ones who say it. <laughs> How many don't say it? Um, the, the math is actually 30,000 people a second are looking at pornography. 30,000 people a second. Um, and actually during, the, um, during this pandemic, uh, porn, uh, pornography usage has gone through the roof. Be- why? Because pornography is an, quote unquote, an escape. It's an escape. Um, here, here's the next stat, bottom right. Uh, 10 minutes on Instagram um, is enough to reverse any positive body image a girl may have. Um, all the research points back to this is that Instagram is the worst platform for especially teenage girls. Because what happens is you compare your real body with somebody else's filtered body, right? Somebody else's plastic surgery body, somebody else, somebody else who gets paid to work out, Their body, you compare your body with that body. Girl uh, Girl Scouts did a a study and found out that 90% of girls feel pressured by society to be skinny, to lose weight. 46% of elementary girls were trying to lose weight. That's a problem, that's a real problem. Um, Top left, sexual assault cases related to social media have increased by 300%. That means somebody's looking at pictures, somebody's DMing or whatever that is, you know, and just making contact. And then they end up acting out on that. And what compounds this is that 43% of children speak to strangers online and 67% of children say that they know how to hide what they do online from their parents. And so if you're talking to strangers online and you know how to hide that, that leads to a 300% increase in sexual assaults related to social media. Uh, Bottom left here, 62% of teens and young adults have received a sexually explicit image and 41% have sent one. Uh, For all the old people in the room, that's called sexting, which is a very real thing. Um, And then your what in the world statistic of the week is brought to you by the bottom center right here, which says that 56% of young people feel not recycling is bad, while 32% feel that porn is bad. In other words, millennials, Gen Z, actually think not recycling is worse than porn. All right, Um, here's the quote that, that, that kind of validates that. We hear about recycling all the time at schools, television, internet, everything. How bad not recycling is. We hear almost nothing about porn. Pastors don't talk about it. Christian leaders don't talk about it. In fact, 75% of all Christian parents have never talked to their kids about porn. That means that there are many parents in this room who belong to this church at all of our campuses who you've never actually talked to your children about pornography, which has led to top right, final statistic, is that porn has now finally surpassed finances as the number one reason for divorce. It used to be like, it's all about money, it's all about money, no, no, no. Now it's about online pornography addiction. And so if you haven't guessed it, today we're talking about pornography and we're talking about porn culture. Now, I I know, here's the deal. I've been doing the church thing long enough to know that this is the message, all right? That nobody moves during, nobody giggles during, nobody coughs, because if you cough, everybody's gonna think it's you. mm, mm, All right. Here's the deal. I give you permission to move. I give you permission to giggle. I give you permission to say amen. I give you permission to go. Hmm. Right. Why? Because this is so important. We have to talk about this because this is everywhere guys. And so we have to have permission to talk about it in the house of God. All right. And so like, like pastor Mo says down in Midtown, I need you to lean in on this one. I need you to lean in on this one because this is such a big issue. Pornography is such a huge issue. We have to talk about this. And so what we did, I I talked about this last week, but just to kind of throw it out again, uh, we created a resource a website for you during this series. It's called ExplicitSeries.com. This is kind of like your one-stop shop as we go throughout the series. Uh, last week, we had two videos on there talking about how to have the sex talk with your kids, uh, talking about what it looks like to have a blended family. We added two more videos this week. One of them is called Navigating the porn and the other one is about having the best sex ever in marriage. Come on, married people. Come on, married people. All the single people are like, dang it, almost, someday, right? Um, and, and I actually also, I picked up uh, the phone and I called one of our friends of the house, John Bevere, uh, this last week, and he gave us all free access to a course that he's made called Porn Free. So it's a completely 100% online uh, course. It, it costs money, but for, he said, hey, for victory, I wanna give it free. That link, all that information is on that ExplicitSeries.com page. So make sure uh, you, you hit that up uh, later on today, okay? Um, but today, here's what I'm doing. I'm gonna take a little bit of a different approach to this topic, um, and and here's why, is because church people know porn is wrong, right? Like, in fact, we we surveyed your teenagers (laughs) this last Wednesday night, and we found out that only 12% think that porn is okay, and 88% say that porn's bad, Uh, which is good news unless you're the parent of the 12%. But we're listen. We're partnering with you, and we're gonna we're gonna reach your kids, okay? Um, but the church knows that porn is wrong. The problem is we suffer from this thing called moral incongruence. Moral incongruence is this: we know it's wrong, but we click anyway. We know it's harmful, we know it's hurtful, we know we shouldn't be doing it, but we swipe, we swipe, we swipe. We keep going back to that same thing as a dog returns back to its vomit, right? Like like we 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 keep going, we, we know that God is against it, but we keep going back to it. We know this, First Thessalonians 4, 3. God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passions like the pagans who do not know God and his ways? Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife, for the Lord avenges all such sins as we have solemnly warned you before. Why? Because God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So in other words, if you listen to this message and you're like, "No, oh, I'm going to look at porn anyways," you're not rejecting me. You're rejecting God. But I think there's something inside us that knows that, right? Like we we acknowledge, we know that sexual sin is wrong in God's eyes. So here's the deal, guys. Here's my commitment to you. I'm not going to yell at you today and say stop looking at porn. I'm I'm not going to um, tell you that you'll go blind. I'm not gonna tell you to think about grandma instead, right? I'm not gonna give you five easy ways to get out of porn, right? Because that does not exist. That's not a real thing. What I'm going to do is I'm gonna take you back to what Jesus said to a handful of church people a long time ago. Here's what he said, Matthew 19, eight. It was not this way from the beginning. It wasn't this way from the beginning. In other words, when God made Adam and Eve and he gave them the gift of sex for, for pleasing and uniting and creating life, porn was nowhere in the picture. It was not this way from the beginning. In fact, I can't say it any more clearer than this. God's original intent for sex did not include porn. All right, we said this last week is that God gave us the gift of sex, but God did not give us the curse of porn. All right, God created sex, but God didn't have anything to do with porn. Why, because we know this, is that everything that God makes for good, we have an enemy who wants to twist it and pervert it and hollow it out and make it shallow and turn it into something that's actually a curse to people instead of the blessing that God created it to be. And, And interestingly enough, as I started to get into this, this one phrase started coming up, and this is so fascinating to me, okay? All the research points back to this is that people who use porn widely report, okay, I'm gonna put this in quotes. This is what people report no problems with that use. No problem. In other words, porn's not harming anybody, porn's not harming me, porn's not harming society. I'm experiencing no problems. There are no problems that are attributed to porn. There are no problems with that use. Well, case closed then, right? Hey, there's no problems with the use. Hey, hey, let's just go ahead and shut it down today. Send y'all home, you'd be happy, right? Or could it be that we are terrible at self-diagnosing? Could it be that we have no grasp on what porn and porn culture are doing to us and the world around us? right guys because porn is not just a collection of images porn is sending a message all right i know i know we live in a world that people don't like being preached to okay like you invite somebody to church no i don't want somebody preaching to me porn is preaching to you all day long 30,000 people a second are being preached to preached to preach to. Porn is communicating a message. Porn is trying to tell you how the world works, about what value looks like, about how men should interact with women, about what worth is, about what value is, about what marriage is, about what love is, about what sex is. Porn and porn culture are communicating, are preaching. 64 million people a day is preaching, 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 preaching. Here's the message. Here's the message. And the enemy, the enemy of our souls is painting a picture of the world of sex, of marriage, of value, of love through porn, but also through this thing called porn culture. All right, porn, what is porn culture? Porn culture is the sexualization of everything in the world around us. Porn culture is WAP music videos. Some of you are like, you're a pastor. You're not supposed to know about those, man. Right? Porn culture is what's happening in the music that we're about to click on again when we get out to our cars. Porn culture is in our movies. Porn culture is in our, is in our social media avalanche, the tsunami that's coming against us. Uh, one, one of our staff members knew that I was preaching on this, and... Um, Porn culture is preaching about value and worth and identity. Um, She she sent me a picture of the birth card, like the the, the congratulations card that people sent her mom like 30 years ago when she was born. And the the card says, congratulations on your new pinup girl. Like this is the porn culture that's all around us. And we're like frogs in a pot of boiling water and we don't even see it. We're getting normalized to the mass all around us. And what's happening is it's, it's combining with this really odd women's lib movement of like, celebrate your bodies, right? Don't let anybody tell you what you can do with your bodies. And porn saying, give me more content. Give me more content. Yes, yes, I love it that you're believing that lie. Give me more content. And we say, no, 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 like that stuff's wrong. We come in here and we listen to a message and then we go back out and we watch our wop music videos and we celebrate it. Guys, it's moral incongruence. Hey, but remember, there's no problem with this use, right? There's no problem with the use of pornography. And what's happening is now we're living in a society where young girls are finding out how to get likes living in a likes culture, right? And what happens is you, you stick a cell phone in a young girl's hand and you let her download TikTok or a hundred other apps, whatever it is, and she starts making videos and they're so innocent and they're pure and they're awesome and they're funny and it's showing how beautiful she is, but then they're not getting enough likes compared to all the other girls. And so she starts scrolling, like, how, how do you get likes? How do you get likes? Because likes equal value. Oh, wait okay, that's how you get the likes. That's how you get the comments. Okay, all right, so what needs to happen, so the girls who get the most likes are the ones who wear tighter clothing or the ones who wear less clothing or the ones who start moving their body. And so what happens is she starts sexualizing her content slowly but surely, very slowly, but surely. It's a little bit more risky and a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And what happens is the likes start increasing and the more sexual, the more likes, the more likes, the more attention, the more attention, the more value that she feels, especially if she's in a low value environment at home. But remember guys, there's no problem with this use. And guys are eating it up and guys are drooling on, over it. And guys are sending direct messages and parents are celebrating. That's my little girl. She's celebrating her body. She's embracing who she is. And this is, this, is, this is how you have teenagers dancing like strippers, but it's okay because it's on TikTok. It's a PG-13 app. This is how you end up with movies on Netflix like Cutie's talking about a tween girl with her 11-year-old twerking dance group. Oh, no, 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 because, because, yeah, I mean, hold on. So like, I know it's, it's like 11 and 12-year-old girls like barely wearing anything and spreading their legs, but you know, I mean, but it's trying to say that stuff is bad. I know it's really pedophilia, but really it's, there's no problems with this use. And, and, and this is how you end up with kids' shirts for sale on Amazon that say daddy's little slut, size two to six T. These are for babies. This is how you, a 16 year old, ends up sending naked pictures of themselves and say, no, no, it's totally fine. This is what two people who who like each other do at the risk of sounding really old. No, it's not. That's not what you do. That is not normal. That may be what this porn culture is telling you, but that's not One, if you're under 18, that's actually the creation and distribution of child pornography. And you can go to prison as like a kid. Two, you're worth so much more than that. You're worth so much more than that. And found, I found this social media post. Can we put this up here. I'm 15. I wish I was never given a smartphone. Social media literally changed who I am. This is a girl who wrote this and it's um, uh, retweeted by this uh, guy on Instagram, uh, Colin K. Archner. I would encourage you if you're a parent, you need to follow him on Instagram because he helps parents out a lot. But I want us to remember, this is so important, there's no problems with that use. I want us to remember that guys because really porn's innocent. There's no problem with it. No, what is called is social conditioning meaning we do what we see. When you have no greater picture, when you have no firmer foundation to stand on, you do what you see. And what you, when what you see is pornography, that leads you down a really dark path. Now, I'm gonna read you an excerpt from a, from a magazine article. And it's from a very non-Christian website. And so I edited it, okay? But I I made it as as much as I could, okay? But this is important for us to hear this. I want you to know this is a non-Christian who wrote this. With each production company vying for a piece of the porn pie, they need something that sells to those 64 million daily visitors. And what is it that sells? Violence, violence. While porn has always centralized the objectification of women above all else, it is only since it took on a digital format that abuse has moved from being an occupational hazard to the very goal of its contents. Physical violence is rife, hang with me please, choking, forceful sex, slapping, hitting, but the violence can also be symbolic. One of the most popular series is where we see a faceless man meet an endless stream of often naive women who are supposedly searching for their big break in the film industry. And the faceless man says he knows how to get them noticed, but he needs a test run first. And what the women don't know and what is made very clear to the viewer is that there is no big break. The women are there to be used and then discarded and what the viewer then witnesses is nothing more than than a portrayal of coerced sex. And let's not dance around this phrasing, coerced sex is rape. But this is just fantasy, says the pro-pornography lobby, and thus it shouldn't be subject to the rigors of moral examination. Not even taking into account that whatever happens on screen is actually happening to a real woman, you would have to be intentionally ignorant to believe that these depictions don't have an influence on real world attitudes towards sex and women. And the article goes on to say that 88% of pornography includes sexual aggression, violence towards women. And that violence by, by, by human nature, that violence will only increase. Why? Because we talked about this last week is that we were made for intimacy, but we're settling for intensity and intensity always wants more intensity. And so if there's violence here, then the violence has to go up to complete, to continue meeting those desires, that hunger that's inside people for more intensity and more intensity and more violence and more violence and more aggression and more, more coercion towards women. But hey guys, remember, there's no problem from this use, you know, a, a study actually found that that um, in that same same article, a study found that teenagers were in, engaging in more coercive, more 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 pressure focused, and more um, sexually dangerous practices than ever before. And the and the question was why? Why are you doing this? And the number one answer was because we saw it in pornography. Because teenagers, that are not like thinking of this stuff. Oh, oh, that's what sex looks like. Oh, that's what people do who like each other because it's, it's social conditioning. I do what I see. But guys, remember, there's no, there's no problems with this use. Chill out, there's no problems with this use. They actually found out in a dozen, in a dozen countries have done this research that men who viewed pornography when they were boys grew up to not think that sexual harassment is a problem. It's okay to do it. But remember, they're the ones who say that there's no problems from this use. It's okay to do that to a woman, right? Now here's the deal, porn has always been a hot mess. Porn has always been terrible, terrible, terrible. But porn used to be fantasy. Now porn is being presented as reality. This is preaching to us. This is, this is what the world looks like, right? This is what people do who love each other. And the problem is this, it's grooming, keyword grooming, particularly young girls. Your daughters are getting groomed by porn culture. Your daughters are being preached to that it's okay to be degraded by a man. It's okay to be sexually humiliated. It's okay to be harassed. It's okay to be abused. It's okay to be slapped. It's okay to be hit. It's okay to be choked. It's okay for a man to push himself on you. It's actually okay for a man to rape you. Why? Because your only use in life is for sex. And my sons are being preached to right now by a porn culture everywhere that says, hey, guess what? If a girl says no, she really means just try harder because it's rape culture everywhere. Why, because you see girls in in the music, in the movies, in the music videos, oh, all they are is just a body that wants sex. And so boys think, oh, sex is just about me. Sex is about fulfilling me, sex is all about me. And in fact, if she says no, I should just double down and try even harder. I mean, maybe she just wants to be roughed up a little bit because that's everything I've always seen, right? And we live in a world that has no clue what it looks like for a man, for a husband to love his wife and to lay down his, his life for his wife like Christ did for the church. It's foreign, it's absent. And when, when, you, when you actually think about this, that the average age of first exposure to pornography is now 11, 11. That means that this world is preaching to your kids from the time they're in elementary school, about what a role of a man is, about what the value of a woman is, about what love looks like. Oh, but guys, don't forget, there's no problems with this use. And I wanna save us from this, and God, you better believe that God wants to save you from this, here's some more stats. More than 50% of those engaged in online porn lost interest in sexual intercourse a third of their partners lost interest as well. Porn use increases marital infidelity by more than 300%. Sexual addicts are 23 times more likely than others to agree with the statement that discovering online sexual material was the worst thing that ever happened in my life. But don't forget, there's no problems with this use. Why? Because porn, it's just an escape. right, it's just an escape. Let me ask you a question. If porn is an escape, why doesn't it ever lead you to freedom? Come on, Hamilton Mill, I know you guys are quiet right now. If porn is an escape, like usually when you wanna escape something, you actually wanna escape it. But if if porn is an escape, why do you have to keep going back to it? And it never leads you anywhere. It never leads you to freedom. In fact, it just digs the hole even deeper. And You wanna know why? It's because porn will never fix any problem in your life. I guarantee it. Porn will never fix one problem in your life. You will never, porn is not an escape from something. Porn actually turns into trying to escape from porn because it begins to shackle you to it. And here's the real problem, here's the real problem, is that porn isn't just an individual moral problem. Porn strikes at the heart of what it means to be human. That is the problem. Porn gets under the ground and begins to erode what it means to be human. Here's what I mean. Men, you haven't even noticed that now your first glance at a woman is at her chest. You haven't even noticed that. Well, it's just normal. No, it's not. Women, you haven't even noticed that your first thought about a man is about what he's like in bed. I mean, I don't obsess about it. I mean, I don't, I mean but it's just, it's just a thought. You haven't even noticed that you don't have a desire to get married anymore. Because Paul talks about that, right? Paul says that one of the reasons, not the best reason, but one of the reasons for getting married is so you won't burn with lust. What happens if you're taking care of those desires with solo sex? Well, now I, I just took that reason for getting married off the table. You wanna be real, real? Men, you stop looking at porn and you're gonna wanna get married. There are women right now praying for you. God, please get men off porn in the church. Less porn equals more weddings. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Married people, you haven't even noticed that you don't desire your spouse like you used to. She's got this little thing on the side and we haven't even noticed that, that our heart for God has grown numb over time. So let me say this. There are many problems with that use. Many, many, many problems with that use. So with all that being said, let me, let, me, let, me, let me say this. Here's the first thought, we are not animals. We are not animals, guys. A few years ago, um, my wife uh, and I and our family, we went uh, down to a water park in, in Florida, it was like a poor man's sea world. <laughs> and um, uh, so me and Jeremiah, my older son, we were white, uh, we were at the seal show and summer takes Isaac, my younger son to go up and look at the reptile exhibit, like the big reptile area. And a few minutes later, she comes back with these like, really white eyes and this like <laughs> look on her face. And she said, when she went up there, they, looked, they went to like see the big sea turtles, like the big old, big old turtles. And the mommy turtle, and the daddy turtle started wrestling. <laughs> and the daddy turtle was not being quiet about it. It's <laughs> being very loud. <laughs> 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 and my wife, uh, Summer, she, said, she said she looked at one of the other moms who was there with her kid, and they were like, <clears throat> <laughs> they like grab the kids. they like, hey, let's, let's give mommy and daddy turtle some privacy. You know, and they walk up. You know, animals mate because it's in their DNA. It's in their biology, right? No higher purpose, biology, period. Later later that day, okay, later that day, the turtles weren't like laying in the grass and the girl turtle was like, I just wanna know that you love me for more than my body. <laughs> like, that conversation is not happening. Like, the, in the zoo, the boy porcupine isn't talking to the girl porcupine and is like, I just... I just don't think you're as committed to this relationship as I am, right? Like those are not conversations that are happening, it's biology, it's desire. It's if it feels good, do it. Because that's what animals do. But it doesn't have to be at the zoo. It could be a late night movie over at your girlfriend's house. It could be you swiped right and he swiped right, now you're at a rendezvous. It could be that you found a way to access porn and nobody will ever find out. And what happens is these these desires start, start welling up on the inside of you. And this thing is just like, ah, if I don't have sex, I'm gonna die. But that raises the question of what it means to be fully human. Because the temptation is to just act on your desires like an animal right? If it feels good, do it. Because animals are driven towards desire. No pull towards purity, no higher purpose. If it feels good, do it. And that is why, listen, that is why all these modern thoughts about like, you know, casual sex and everybody's doing it and kids are going to do it anyway. So let's not teach abstinence. Let's, Let's just give them condoms, right? That's not reality. That's despair. That's saying like, aren't we all just really animals at the end of the day? Right? Aren't we all, isn't all we are really just the collection of desire? And Christians should be the first people to say that we are more than our bodies. We are not animals. We are not the sum total of our urges. We are more than that. We are not animals. I'll tell you what else we aren't we aren't angels. We also aren't angels. You know, if, if, if animals are on this end of the spectrum, then angels are on the other end of the spectrum. And this end of the spectrum is just as harming as this end of the spectrum, okay? If, if our animal, right, instinct is to give in and to cave in to desire, then our angel instinct is to deny that we even have desire. Right, because angels have no bodily form. They have no earthly desires. Um, and, and if you've been in church long enough, then you've heard the like be an angel teaching right? You know what I'm talking about? Like being angel teaching that that wants to say like, no, I don't, I don't have any of that. Right? You're like, I, sex, what's, I've never even heard of that. What is this thing you call (gasps) That's angel sort of teaching. And you know, uh, when I was a teenager, I I used to pray a lot, right? And it was all about sexual stuff and lust and everything. And um, um, I used to pray like, God, take these desires away from me. God, I don't wanna feel this, I don't wanna lust, I don't don't wanna have those desires anymore. And you're not gonna believe this, but when I was like 16, I think it was when I was 16, is that I prayed that I said, God, take these desires away, take these desires away, and he did it. And from the time I was 16 until now, I've never struggled. And you shouldn't believe that because it's a lie. It's totally (laughs) false, did not happen. I have to fight this all the time, just like you guys, right? Like, because I have eyes and because I have a heart that still tries to to go and do things that are not congruent with who I am. Like Paul, right? The things that I don't want to do are the things that I do and the things I do are the things I don't want to do, right? Like like this this thing, this battle, this war. Oh, but you're a pastor. You're right, but I'm not an angel. (laughs) And so these are the things, okay? Here's the, here's the reality. We have these two extremes. We have denying our sexuality and being driven by our sexuality. And we live in the space in between because we aren't animals and we aren't angels. Here's the question, what are we? What are we? We are humans made in the image of God. We are humans made in the image of God. We have animals, right, on this end, who are only controlled by desire. We have angels on this end who have no earthly desire. But angels and animals were not made in the image of God. You were. I was, we were. And here's the problem, guys. In church culture, it's kind of preached like you're either one or the other, right? Like you are either pure and holy and you've never done anything wrong, right? You're either mother Mary or you're Jezebel. <laughs> and there's like no space between. Like you, you are the worst sinner or you've never touched sin in your life, right? You are either all spirit or you're all body. But you're not. You are a spirit, you have a soul and you live in a body and God has placed his image on you. Genesis one, verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. In the image of God, the image of God, he created them, not just the men also the women. He created them in the image of God. He created them male and female. He created them the image of God, the image of God. The thumbprint of Yahweh has been placed upon your life that you are unique and you are special and you are wonderful. You are not an animal and you are not an angel. God put glimpses of his nature in you. This is why you have a desire to love and to be loved. This is why you want to stick up for the underdog. This is why you have a heart that cries out against injustice. This is why you have desires, but those desires have to be pointed in the right direction because we have a God who's full of desire, yet is without sin. And he has placed that thumbprint upon us and it's unique and it's special and Genesis 1 is saying that in all of creation, there's something different about humans. There's something different about us. We're not animals and we're not angels. We're unique. We're special with the image of God on us, that every single one of us is a divine image bearer. I want to make this very clear, all right? A so scripture I hold on to very tightly because it is capital T truth is that we are children of God through faith in Jesus Christ alone. We are not all children of God. We are not. Only the ones who have faith in Christ have come into the family of God. We are children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. But every single person you've ever met is made in the image of God, every single person. And this is part of what drives our mission, guys. Our mission is that every single one is loved, and is valuable, is unique, all right? But not every single one is a child. We are children through faith, and now our job is to go out and bring other people into the family, the other image bearers into the family because they're image bearers. And yes, that image has been cluttered. That image has been distorted by sin and by culture, all right? But they're still an image bearer nonetheless. So now picture this, okay? Picture this. Picture a group of high school boys maybe grown men at lunch, or at the gym, and this girl walks by. Hey, how do you rate that? How do you rate that? I guess seven. Give it a six. There, that's a five there. Top part's a four. Bottom's a 10. <laughs> that's a situation that plays out all day, every day, around the world, And there's TV shows about it and there are Instagram pages and the hashtags about it. Who's hot and who's not? Who's hot, who's not? It's part of porn culture. Who's hot, who's not? Because it feeds into it. Feeds into it. Give us more content. Give us more content. Feed the machine. Feed the beast. Feed the beast. So it'll actually eventually drive you to it. Who's hot, who's not? So she just walked by. The problem is this, is that that, that is actually a she, a person, a woman, a human being with dreams and desires and hopes and a past and a present and a future. Somebody that God smiles over their life. And it seems innocent what we're doing until you're that girl. And then it's degrading and it's dehumanizing and it damages the soul. I saw an interview while I was studying for this, I saw an interview with the former adult industry actress, right, and she was saying she doesn't leave her home anymore. She doesn't, she's not in that anymore, but she doesn't leave her home because she's afraid that when she goes out, people are gonna recognize her and shame her. And when she got into this, what she didn't know was that on the other side of the porn industry, you can never be in the medical field, and you can never take care of children again. And so, literally, with tears streaming down her face, she's saying, "If you were a girl listening to this, don't do it. Don't do it. I wish I had never done it. I wish I had never taken that first step." Tears streaming down her face. If she's just a body, if she's just an animal, you don't have to consider any of that. But if she's a human made in the image of God, you have to consider all of that. Because the body with the mind, with the heart, with the skin, with the soul, with the spirit, with the image, combine to form this beautiful, unique, special human being made in the image of God. And if a man wants her just for her body, that divides her. That tries to rip the image of God off of her and turn her into an animal. You're just a body You're just here for my pleasure. You're just here to be used and abused, discarded. Next, please. And this is why porn strikes at the heart of what it means to be human. Because porn is an assault on Genesis one. Porn is an assault on the fact that every single man, woman, child you have ever met is made in God's image. I heard. I felt like God said this to me earlier. We're in this political cycle right now. We're going to talk more about it. It's a hot mess. Don't you dare say that you're pro-life and be pro-porn, because pornography is an assault on human life and human worth and human dignity. Pornography says that the birthing process is just to give us more women to be abused. Porn says people are not special, they're not unique, they're not worth loving, that God does not smile when he thinks about them, that they have no future, that that they have no spirit. Porn says, you are here for my pleasure, you're here to be used, abused, and now I'm gonna click on the next one. That's what porn culture is all around us. After all, guys, aren't we just animals? Collection of urges, collection of desires? But Jesus didn't die for animals. Jesus died for those who are made in the image of God. And you have worth and you have value. And every single person you've ever met has worth and has value. And guess what? The ones you click on have worth and they have value. The ones you swipe on have worth and they have value. And it is intrinsic worth. That means that they have nothing else to do to get more value. Value was put in them when they were formed by God himself. When I was a little kid, I, um, I did what little kids do in elementary school. I, um, uh, we had a school project and I made this little heart. I painted it pink and I put lace around it and I had to write a poem like a haiku, I didn't even know what a haiku was. And I had to write that to my mom, put a magnet on it, she took it, slapped it on the fridge, it stayed there for 20 years. It was a school project for me. It sat there for 20 years. In my house, on my fridge, maybe if you got kids, in your house, on your fridge, there's, there's you know sunset orange and royal blue uh, slapped on pieces of paper and, and cutouts. Of things that our kids have made. And um my 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 younger son Isaac he likes to draw, and so he gave me this for Father's Day. Um, this this last Father's Day, I think we got the picture so you can see it. Um he thought it was uh, to dad for Ether's Day, but it's Father's Day. And um he loves to draw. I'm not sure what about me <laughs> made him. Be like, Dad. Dad's, Dad's going to want a dragon for Father's Day. I, but he's a boy, so dragons and Father's Day totally go together. Um, but I still have this. And, and um, you know, we were cleaning up the house, and summer. summer pulled this out. And it was sitting on our, our kitchen counter last night, and my older son, Jeremiah, he saw it. And he said, Dad, what's that? And I said, this is the first painting you ever did when you were two. And he's like, oh, I just thought it was ugly. No, no, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. See, why do we keep things like this? Why do we keep, why? You don't care anything about this. Why do I keep this? I think if we actually stopped to think about it, I think we'd know the answer. Is that how I, cre- how I treat the creation reveals how I feel about the creator. And Summer actually added more insight to this. She said that when Jeremiah started this, he's just little, little, little. And he had had this picture in his mind, right? And he had put a little bit of paint here a little bit of paint there and a little but then it wasn't, it wasn't turning out the way that he wanted to. And so just, he just started and that's how we got here. Guys, I feel like the Lord is saying this. Some of you, you started there and then it was there. God not turning out the way I thought it'd be. It's valuable, it's ugly, it's worthless. Don't you dare say that, don't you dare say that. Because I love my son, I love what he made. You might not, you might not see any value in this, but I do. That's one of the most valuable things I own. guys, some of you feel like you are so ugly and so worthless and it's not the way it was meant to be and something's been taken from you or you've taken something from somebody else. You're like, it's just a mess. Nobody will ever love it. How you treat the creation reveals how you feel about the creator. And I'm telling you this, if I love God, I will love what he has made. I will love what he has created. I will love what he has formed. 1 John 4 20, for whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. If I lust after and take and dispose of, then I must not feel Much love for the creator of that thing. We're not supposed to lust, we're supposed to love. We're supposed to honor the people around us. And let me tell you, if you're supposed to value the things that God has created, that means you also value yourself because you have the image of God too. And God created you too. So you're not here to be used. You're not here to be abused. You have more value than sex. God smiled when he made you. Listen, I, I don't know what your mom said about you. I don't know what your dad said about you. I don't know what your boss said about you, what social media said about you, what your kids said about you. I don't know what the enemy says about you. I don't know what you say about yourself, but I do know what God says about you. Ephesians 1, 4, even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Do you know that you've been chosen by God? You were chosen you are cho- that means you're not a mistake, you're chosen. Psalm 139, for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God didn't make a mistake. You are fearfully, you are handcrafted by God. Individual unique attention details put on your life by God. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God loves you. Not just everybody else except for you. God loves you. You are chosen fearfully and wonderfully made. You are cho- I'm not gonna yell at you today and say, don't look at porn anymore. What I'm gonna say is this, I wanna ruin porn for you. So the next time you're tempted to click, the next time you find yourself looking at the images, the next time you find yourself watching that music video, the next time you find yourself scrolling through Instagram for that next picture, the next time you find yourself swiping right or thinking about him or thinking about her, I want you to pause and I want you to pray for her. I want you to pray for him. I want you to say, God, she is fearfully and wonderfully made. You smiled when you thought about her. Jesus died for her. I pray she would get saved because that is the exact opposite of porn culture. Porn culture, use, abuse, discard, swipe, next click. I want you to stop in your tracks and say, God, what have I been to? God, what's happened on the inside of me? Because how I treat the creation reflects how I feel about the creator. The image of God is right before me. It's not there to be lusted after, it's there to be loved. And the next time you are in this place of being used or abused, I want you to stop, I want you to go back to scripture. I want you to go to capital T truth. And I want you to say, no, I am worth more than that. I am made in the image of God. I am chosen. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God smiles when he thinks about me. I am more than my body. And if some guy, some girl is saying, well, if you love me, you'll do this. Nah, man, I'm intrinsically valuable. That means I don't need to earn your approval. I already got his. And if you can't love me as I am, you're never gonna love me. Well, I'll I'll never put a, a ring on the finger until I try out the goods. Well, you're just never gonna put a ring on the finger then, I guess because I'm not gonna sacrifice who I am to become another in the long line for you. As the people of God, we have to get back to the intrinsic value of every single man, woman, and child we'll ever see. Even if they don't value themselves, we value them. Even if we don't value ourselves, God has put an army of people around us to show how he actually feels about us because how you treat the creation reveals how you feel about the creator. And we are not animals. We are not angels. We are human beings made in the image of God, full of worth and full full of value. And God smiles upon your life. Never forget it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hey guys, Hamilton Mill, Midtown, online here in the room. Let's, uh, Let's bow our heads. Let's let's bring God into this moment in a very real way. God, we, uh, we pause right here. I think we're about to worship in just a minute because we need to worship. <laughs> we need to worship the God who speaks worth and value and honor and dignity over every single one of us. But God, in this moment, what I'm, what I'm remembering, what I'm realizing is that uh, not every single one of us has believed the truth about who you say that we are. God, some of us have been the abuser. Some of us have been the abused. Some of us have allowed the words of of people spoken over us to try and separate us. The actions of a man, the actions of a woman tried to separate us, turn us back into animals and rip the image of God off of us. God, some of us have engaged in those websites. Some of us have engaged in those apps. Some of us have swiped. Some of us have, have have. have done things in the dark, God, that we would be ashamed of in the light in this place. But I thank you that it's the blood of Jesus Christ, God, that washes us clean, that separates our sins from us as far as the East is from the West and makes all things new. And I I, I felt this right before I came up here on the platform, is that God wants to begin this process of giving back what the enemy has stolen. I said, some of you feel like I can never get my purity back. I can never, I can never have clean eyes or clean hands or a clean heart ever again, or clean body because of what's been done to me or what I've done. Listen, what's impossible with man is possible with God. And so, what I want to do, I want to give us a moment here. We're going to pray, and then we're going to worship. And some of you, some of you, just need to say, God, I just. I need a, a fresh <laughs> cleansing of the cross of Christ upon my life. Others of us, we need to say, man, I, I, I didn't even know I had value. I didn't really know I had worth outside of my body or what I could do for a man or what I could do for a woman. But if, if God actually made me on purpose, if he put his image on me, I want to know that God. And the way we know the Father is through the Son, Jesus Christ and what he did for us, he made a way for us to become children of God. And I'm gonna lead us in a prayer, okay? And so all across this space, across the campuses online, let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me enough to lay down your life. I didn't know I was that valuable. Thank you for making me worthy. Thank you for giving your life so I could be free today Break the chains off my past. Break the chains off those memories. Break the chains off of my addictions. Set me free to live for you. I repent, I turn from my way to go your way, God. You are my king, you're my savior. Give me clean hands and a pure heart and I embrace who you say I am. I embrace who you say I am. I am who you say I am. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, God, we invite you across all the campuses right now, God, just fill this space, Holy Spirit, come. I felt this, like the Lord is saying this, there is no truce when it comes to porn. So here's what happens, God, give us next steps, God, there, some of us, we need to go home and we need to clean house. Other, others, others of us, we need to delete apps. We need to get some accountability. We need to join a small group. You know, here, here's the deal. Forgiveness comes through confessing to God. Healing comes from confessing to people. And so some of us, we need godly community. God, give us that next step. Come come and speak to us across all of our campuses, Father, to give us a next step on how to continue walking this journey in this rich place of being children of God, made in your image, becoming more and more like Jesus Christ every day, loving you, loving ourselves, and loving the world around us for your glory, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, and amen, 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 amen. Hey guys, let's do this. Let's stand up to our feet and let's worship. We're gonna worship exactly those words. Okay, that I am who God says that I am. I don't know what's been spoken over you. I don't know what you believed about yourself, but I just encourage you, get in a position of worship. You may wanna stand up, you may wanna sit down, you may wanna kneel, whatever that is, and just say, God, I am who you say I am. Listen, I don't know what the enemy said. I don't know what your experiences have said. I don't know what, what life has said. And some of you may even need to, need, need to, in your own heart, in your own mind, if you, if you really do have this, this sexual issue that's been driving you, you need to say, God, they are who you say they are. God, change how I feel. Change how I see the world around me. Help me to see people like you see them. In Jesus' name, let's worship.